This is the Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show. I am Lawrence G. That is Joey Burnham. Once again, we had to uh, break this conversation up into two parts. Uh, what you're about to hear now is part two of the conversation that we had with um, the person who we are calling Officer Grown Up. Uh, once again, you you are not hear us um, say his name where his beat is where his uh department is or anything like that because he has uh stepped out on his own and decided to talk to the grown-ass man hip-hop show against the orders of his police department talking to this police officer um we covered a lot this was a long extensive conversation uh so with that being said let's get into the show this episode of the grown-ass man hip-hop show is brought to you by BadMagics.com. BadMagics.com, more than just an online journal or clothing line, BadMagics.com is a lifestyle brand dedicated to keeping you fresh from art to the music to the gear. BadMagics.com, shout out to the magic man. BadMagics.com, defenders of the true school. <laughs> Mr. Copper, Mr. Copper, can we speak? How many niggas do you beat down in a week? And do you get a kick when you beat a nigga down? So yeah, man, uh, what I want to do is, uh, I'm not going to say this person's name, but right. this is kind of a um, a reaction to specifically black officers that are still police officers right now. Right. And this person actually said, he put this on Facebook, if you're a black police officer, and you still work as a police officer after seeing how the police are doing our people, you are part of the problem. Hashtag coon, coon, coon. Wow. That um, makes no sense to me. Let me get both of y'all a reaction on that. I mean, I'll let him go first because yeah. he is the authority on that situation. When I hear that, this is what I feel like he's saying. If you're a black police officer and you're seeing that kind of stuff, and you're not doing anything about it, then yeah, you are part of the problem. Right. Then yeah, you are a coon. So that's right. what I don't necessarily saying that, you know, because it like I said, you know, you, you got some officers that are, are very, you know, where I work at, the majority of the officers that work there are from the community. Right. They either grew up there or still currently live there. So they know how to deal with people. Mm-hmm. You know, know how to deal with the people. And like I said, knowing what the community needs. Right. So I feel like when he's saying, you know, like if you sitting by and you standing by and you doing it or you allowing that to happen, then yeah, you, yeah, you are, are a, coon. a coon. Right. And you know, and my thing of it is like Sheriff Clark, the you know, dude that be on uh Fox News. Uh-huh. The reason why he's on there so much because he fits their agenda. Like that's why cause if he got on there and was like no, nah, man, you know, they wouldn't have him on Fox News. He fits their agenda. I think, you know, he's a, as far as with some of the stuff that he said about law enforcement, he's been right. But I think he's kind of out of touch. Now, right. I don't know about, you know, I think he's like the sheriff of Milwaukee County. Right, right. I don't know how the relationship with the people, the black people in, the, in law enforcement there is. But I think, you know, some of the stuff he said, like, man, dude, you for real? Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's kind of like, wow, man, like you, you know, I think he's just a little, he's out of touch. Like so many people right now, people are like getting up here wondering like, man, why black people so mad? And I think like, how could you, how could you sit there and be wondering about this? Like, like prime example, and this pissed me off. Like that kid, uh, that swimmer. 
you know, ah, yeah, raped the female, right. and you only got six months because your dad wrote the judge a letter saying that prison would really do something to you. Well, isn't that the point of prison? Right, exactly. Meanwhile, you know, you got people in uh, that have done 30 years for crimes they didn't commit, and the only thing they're getting, they here go this bag Let's of talk money. about people with drug charges. I'm glad you brought that up because I've had a, uh, I had a heated debate last year about that. This is my thing about the drug thing. Me, personally. Weed doesn't bother me. I'd rather deal with the weed head than the dude that always gets drunk. Now, you know, okay, yeah, you sold some weed. I don't think you should be getting life sentences for that. Now, if you was like a major player, yeah, you should get time, but I don't think you should be sitting in the federal prison in Colorado and Supermax where you can't talk to nobody for the rest of your life. Like, I, I seen last year on Netflix the documentary about uh Big Meech. Right. Them dudes were really smart. Like, man, like I said that, you know, if they would have applied that to doing something positive, them dudes would be like. That would have been the new cash money. They would have been like Microsoft because they like they really are. Re that's what drug dealers are. They're really business minded, dude. But right. they're just doing it the wrong way. Right. They're looking they're for great, fast money. They're great businessmen. I don't think with, with this mandatory sentencing, I don't think you should, you know, be doing 200 years for selling weed. Right. Now, you know, some people look at me like, well, police and you, I just don't, you know, I don't, but yeah, you should, you should be punished, but, you know, you get more time for that than committing mass murder. Right. And I think that, you know, we need to really fix that because the majority of the people that are in there, they're in there for nonviolent offenses. I deal with so many people that have had three, four, five bouts with attempted murder. And them wow. jokers walking around here like, man. You can't do nothing to me. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I have now. That's what I have a problem with. Right. Like the dude that's out here committing like the, the, the violent, like robbery, rape, and all those other things. And they just out here getting two and three years. Wow. And the yeah. dude that, yeah, okay, he. The real crime. He had like a, a, a little weed hustle in 30 years. Right. right. I have that's a, you right. know, and again, like I see why this stuff that's going on with. Law enforcement, black people, it ain't something that happened yesterday. We're looking at since black people been in this country. Right. That's what, I mean, that's what people have to look. And people think, like, I remember when Obama got elected and people was like, some people really felt like all that racism stuff is over. Oh, shit. I was just like, if anything, it's just the beginning of a new form of it. Because, you and know. it's funny how we went back <laughs> to the not so as far as the uh severity of the original form of it but we socially we didn't kind of like, really got divided since then like like and, prime example i think yeah. his election you know his his administration it will go down as you know in history as something that is as a turning point in this country simply because people are more now like with social media and stuff People are more vocal with their hate. Like, I, you know, some of this stuff, man, you know, on both sides of the aisle, you know. And my thing of it is, is that, you know, I, me personally, I don't think, at least not in my lifetime, we will ever see another black president. Yeah, not I kind of feel that same way, Not too. unless we living in some Star Trek utopia <laughs> and people aren't, you know, focusing on, you know, we can sit here and, 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 and downplay it all we want to, you know. Race was a big factor in that election. Let's be real. Some that was the first time most of us probably voted. Right, right. In a presidential election. 
So it, it played a huge part. Like I tell people, my beef with people that kind of, I'm not no Obama junkie, you know, but if you have a problem with the politics, there's nothing wrong with it. Right. But that reminds start, me of what Obama said when he was in Warsaw, Poland, uh-huh. when he said um, saying that black lives matter doesn't mean blue lives don't matter. It's right. just that the numbers show, and I'm paraphrasing. Right, right. But it's just he said that it's just that the numbers show that more people of color and minorities are being victimized by police officers right. than anybody else. Well, let me do this. Uh, I want Going, you to speak to that. I want you to speak to that statement I just read, mm-hmm. and then I have the perfect breakdown. For Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter, that I'm going to explain. I was going to bring. I was going to discuss that too, yeah. like real quick. Hold on, let me let me get a statement. Let me get a statement about the the uh, the, the, the the Facebook post. What old boy said? You said you had something to say about that. Want me to read it again? Yeah, you can read it again. Just um, remind people. I remember it, but go ahead and read it again. If you are black and you still work as a police officer after seeing how the police are doing our people, you are part of the problem. Hashtag. Coon, coon, coon. I understand what he's saying, and I respect his opinion, but at the end of the day, you can't bring about effective change from the outside as much right. as you can do it on the inside. Right. Obviously, you don't have to be a police officer. You don't have to be, exactly. quote, unquote, on the inside to bring about this change. But... You need to be in position. But if you are in a position of power, black police officers, white police officers, political figures, those are the ones that can really make change. So what that dude said, that was what, Facebook? Mm-hmm. What that dude said is actually, he's actually a part of the problem. Right. That mentality is actually a part right. of the problem because what we need to be trying to do is put more African-American police officers Make more African American police officers because a black and police judges, officer and, and judges, and, yeah, right. We need people of color in these positions exactly. because I think it helps bridge the gap. Right. There's a, a, a divide and a distance between the white and black. Right. And if you put more people of color, I think that closes that gap. And with not but, just black people, but, of, but and all I was just, people. And I was color. just about to say Hispanics, that. Asians, they because everybody needs to be represented. Everybody needs to be represented because we all I, I, that that phrase uh, we we are the human race. Yeah, we are the human race. But each part of the human race functions differently, and right. we all have our own cultural experiences, and we need somebody in there who can. Speak and help us No matter what color No matter what color You need somebody in there Who can speak and represent Your cultural experience Yes sir And um So The one thing I was black, say, And I hate to cut you off But being a black police officer And saying Well I don't want to be a cop anymore Because of the police The police brutality That has been uh, So rampant If that's your choice I respect it. But I think that that sets us back as a people because yeah. we need the good cops. What what he's asking to me, what that guy's asking people to do, he's it's almost like he's asking the good cops to stop being cops. Right. So what what happens when the good cops listen to what he said? Uh, it's the, the same bad concept, cops are left behind. It's right? the same concept exactly. as um it's the same concept as uh I got, you know, the debate is going on, right? Well, elections are in process and um I had a friend say that 
between Hillary and Donald Trump, he didn't know who he was going to vote for, so he wasn't going to vote at all. Well, my mentality was this. My mentality is this. If you not voting for one is two votes for the other one. You know what I'm saying? So whoever you're going to vote for, Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, not voting for one is two votes for the other one. Whoever you don't want in the office, that's what you just gave two votes to. So my mentality going in listening to this guy is that if you if black people stop becoming police officers or stop reaching for that goal, for every one black officer that quits, you got two races that get hired. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or you got two completely ill-equipped people who get hired so exactly. we need more people to go into that situation and we need more people to stand up for whoever they represent and represent and my um this is the way i'm going to explain black lives matter versus all lives matter <clears throat> first of all all lives matter this everybody all lives matter that's apparent but i'm gonna break it down to you like this say you have two children right you have one child who goes outside, rides his bike, and breaks his leg, right? That child matters, right? The other child comes home from the doctor with, the other, with your wife and has brain cancer. Wow. Both children matter, but the child with the brain cancer gets a little bit more attention exactly. because the situation is a little bit more dire. Dire. Not to say that the, not to say that one child is better than the other, but one has brain cancer and one has a broken leg. I can tend to this child with a broken leg. They don't need that yeah, much yeah. attention because all I got to do is get a cast on you and put your foot up. I got a child with brain cancer that I need to take care of. That's that's what's going on in the country right now. Black people with these murders and police brutality and even though yes everybody want to everybody wants to bring up well not everybody but people want to bring up the fact that we don't say anything until it's a white police officer shooting us yes we do deal with black on black crime that is a cancer within itself but you have to understand this when a person takes an oath to protect and serve and then come into your community and murder you that's a cancer yeah. Regardless of how you conduct yourself around the police, regardless of what the police think needs to be done, regardless of how this person is acting, if they come into your community and they murder you, it's a cancer. We can deal with your broke leg later on. All lives matter, yes. But we can deal with your broke leg later on. Right now, we have to focus on cancer because this child is about to die. I think... And this is my view on it. I've actually like I think I, I can't man, I wish I could remember that young man's young man that young man's name that I spoke to that was in that group. I, but this is the way I look at it. When people, you know, get to the when they hear Black Lives Matter and they be like all lives matter. No, the group isn't called only Black Lives Matter. Right, right. You see what I'm saying? I mean, I understand what they're saying. Now I don't necessarily agree with their methods. Like, you know, when Bernie Sanders got up there in Seattle and right. was speaking and they interrupted. I'm like, this is the dude that's trying to represent you. Right. Like, why would you and understands the cause? Why right. would you interrupt his rally? Now, sometimes I think they can kind of tend to split hairs. Right. And I'm like, you know, why would you do that? But 
people get, you know, a, you know, of course, all lives matter. But I understand, you know, like I said again, it's across the country, you know. And I'm not saying every police department operates like this, but you do have some that do target minorities. And you know, it's like you know, it's a, a war on them, right? Not a war on crime. It's just a war on them, right? And that's where that's coming from. And then, like I said again, you got to understand whether you like it or not, the history. Mm-hmm. Slavery is a part of American history. Right. It's not just black history. It's, it's a American part of American history. history. Some yeah. people, I've had people argue me down about that. Like I had somebody uh I come in on the Facebook post talking about that one day. And dude got smart and was like, Man, you know, y'all need to let that go or whatever, something like that. I was like, Well, you know, you weren't even around. I wasn't like playing the victim. I was trying to explain to dude why people feel this way. Right. Dude, we have historical scars And dude was like Well you but know But it's not even about Historical scars Shit is happening today That's why we're here Talking about it And that's right, what I'm exactly. saying right. It and irritates me When people say that Because they act as if Shit was so far back In the past It wasn't that far Do Man, you realize If you look on the timeline Something happens Every think day about this. Reopens ago, those scars and creates new ones. Fifty years. I was just going to say Think about the timeline Break down the timeline Okay from From Okay, we suffered for about 400-something odd years of slavery, right? Right after slavery to, uh, what, the be- th- from the 30s to 50s or whatnot? Right. We had Jim Crow. Then we go from Jim Crow to the Civil Rights era. We It's, been, it's only been 50 years ago since black people started to get straight. Yeah, which generationally, that's not long at all. Let me put this in perspective. I got a brother that's 10 years older than me. He's 47. So, yeah. So, it's only been 50 years. And we're still going through it now. The police are still brutalizing us. These police officers are still murdering us. They're still talking to us with disrespect and they're still treating us like we're doing something wrong like we've escaped from the plantation so yeah (laughs) with that being said let's talk about the situation in minnesota where philando castile 32 years old he's in the car with his wife or his girlfriend i should say and his child's in the back and geronimo yanez i believe is the officer's name kills him he is reaching for his registration and license he tells the officer beforehand, I got a pistol, and but I'm going to reach for my license and registration. Is that cool or something to that effect? Long story short, his girlfriend, Diamond Reynolds, was streaming all of this, and Officer Geronimo Yanez kills Mr. Castile in the car in front of the baby, in front of his girlfriend. And I just want to know, how do you feel about that? You know, like... Again, like I didn't really, I saw little bits and pieces of that video, right. and you know, like I said, you know, I don't like to necessarily Monday morning quarterback anybody situation. I understand. Like, that. like I said though, you know, when it come to, because I've had people, hey, I got a pistol on me, you know. Now, and he was licensed, right, to carry and the pistol. He, he, and didn't he tell him he had the pistol and got permission to go for it? Exactly. He let him know beforehand. And, and see, I'm my, carrying a pistol. Now he to cut you off, but he let him know beforehand I'm carrying a pistol. I'm licensed. I'm legally carrying this pistol. And then while going for his license and registration, I assume Officer Yanez, if I'm saying his name correctly, thought he was going for the pistol and he pulled his trigger. I don't know. I guess I shouldn't make those assumptions. But Mr. Castile 
has been taken away from his family and in you know front that of his family. in front of his family taken away from his family in front of his family over a busted tail like that's why he pulled them over in the first and see, place and my thing with that though like you know when i have people that tell me that i'm like you know because they were saying that well the dude was reaching to get his documents well common sense your stuff gonna be in a just like in my car Gonna be in the glove box. Most people put this stuff in a glove box. And my thing with some of these, I got mail in my glove box right now. Like so some, some of these, but situ- you know, I guess his license and registration was in his wallet. So well, and it goes back to what I was saying about when you know, if you got, you tell me you got a gun. Hey, I tell you what, then right down. If if it puts you, keep your hands occupied if, away if, from that gun. Is what you're put, saying? If he has you, like I said again, everybody's skill level is different everybody perceives a threat differently than i do like i said i've had one of the very unique advantages of working somewhere where man i've seen everything so i don't get as rattled to say somebody that might have worked for beverly hills police department where they don't probably see they don't have very much crime i'm just making an assumption right right so you know with those situations okay i tell you what just write it down for it puts you know everybody at ease now you're taking their mind well i would have liked to have you in that situation not putting that pressure on you or or anything like that but it sounds like you're a great cop sounds like you're a good cop and we need more cops like you the thing of it is part of this game is common sense like and sometimes people overthink things and my thing of it is is that when i you know my you know first of all whenever children are in play i'm definitely gone Hey, everybody chill out because these are children. Right. You know, nowadays kids are already exposed to so much at such a young age. And the last thing I want to do is, man, you know, my dad got pulled over and, you know, this how the cop, you know, reacted. So, you know, like I've had people that have had multiple warrants before, missing me in the warrants. Hey, go ahead and go because I'm not going to take you just in front of your child. Right. I don't want that. Like I told you about the situation with the gentleman with the domestic violence warrant. Right. The kids were there. Right. I ain't going to, you know, yank you up in front of your babies because that, you know, hearing children cry because they're in pure terror. Right. That does something to me because I have, you know, I have children. Right. So my thing of it is, man, like I said, you know, respect. Now, it's not going to respect isn't the remedy for all that's going on. But it needs to start somewhere. Right, right. Because, like I said, a lot of people talking to people, they feel that, like, I told you about the situation with the guy when, you know, he's with his wife, and they was acting like as if, like, he wasn't even there. Right. And, dude, you know, as a man, I don't care what race you are, that's going to make you feel some kind of way. Right. And, you know, like, because as a man, one of your primary things is provide and protect. Right. You violate those two things. You're going to see that untamed gorilla come out of somebody. Right. I don't care if you a man. Now, some dudes are kind of, you know, be little punks and, you know, and but that's one of my biggest things. Like, I tell people in a minute, man, look, I'm not here trying to disrespect you in front of your woman. That's why a lot of times if I'm dealing with the woman, I try to separate them. Right. Because, you know what I'm saying? I mean, because at the end of the day, these are men we're dealing with just like I'm a man. Like right. I tell people when they make threats, I want you to remember something. You know, you ain't talking to no police officer. You talking to a husband, you talking to a father, you talking to a man. And, you know, everybody don't take threats lightly. I get them all the time. I'm used to them. But everybody don't, you know, you talking about manhood here. Right. That's that why I tell people it's important not to get in these pissing contests, you know, based on who dick big. 
Right. Because then they have the advantage. Because now they have you off your game. Is there people out there that are trained to do that? Absolutely. Like, I look at a lot of some of these cop block videos, and I'm like, man, see, dude got him. Right. And he knew it. Like, you know, like, my best, it, it was something Jay-Z said in an interview with, with about controversy and people, you know, with beefs. Because, like, a lot of people, it was at a time when a lot of people were shooting at Jay. Right. It's like, man, I don't give it any attention. You know what I'm saying? I just don't. Like, right. everything isn't worthy of a reaction. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I, I've had people, man, you know, we'd be somewhere eating, and they'll pop off and say something crazy. All right, dude, that's, that's the best you got. And when they don't get that reaction that they think they're going to get, man, it's like pure defeat. Right. So every situation isn't worthy of a reaction. Right. You know what I'm saying? I've had, man, I'd had little kids. Fuck 12. Can't even probably, don't even know how to spell their name. <laughs> But I ain't finna stop the kind. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you know, even with grown folks, you know, I'm not finna, everything yeah. isn't worthy of a reaction. And I've learned that the older that I got, man, like, you know, every, like, even I had to really learn that being married. Tell me about Like, it. man, you know, like, you know, she come in the house and say something. All right, baby. It ain't necessarily saying you a punk. It's just every situation isn't a battle. Right, you, you got to learn how to pick You got to know how to pick them. And that's the same thing with people in the street. You got to know how to do that because if you don't, like I said, you're going to miss around here, you're going to get yourself hurt, or you're going to do something to them. And, it's, and you got to ask yourself, like, is it worth it? Like, I had a situation with uh, an older uh, officer. Um, he criticized a situation I, I had. Why you didn't do this? Why you didn't do that? Man, y'all just letting them. And I'm like... First of all, you went there. You going on with somebody told you, which nine times out of ten, they don't get the facts straight. I was there. This is what I saw. This is what I believe to handle the situation. That's it. Now, if you there and that's your scene, you handle the way you want to handle it. But I had a, the, the kid that I dealt with, I had a rapport with him. Mm -hmm. So I knew how the kid operate. It wasn't like, you know, like I was told, you got 20 years of catch me. You know, so why, I mean... I, if I need to get in contact with that kid again, I know where to find him. Right. That and that's why I be kind of like I don't be wanting necessarily like Monday morning quarterback anybody's stuff because I don't I didn't quite see what they saw. But I I like to go on my own experience, right. you know. And like my thing of it is is that like I say uh again, you know everybody processes things their brains processes things a little bit faster. With me, I can tend to be a tad bit slow, but I'm always like thinking, you know what I'm saying, right. versus necessarily reacting. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say that sometimes people, they react, and you like, if you would have thought about it for a second longer or two, you probably wouldn't have had to do that. Right. So all I'm saying to people is that, you know, yeah. basically, yeah. you know, again, you know, you got guys out there, man, that are fighting a good fight. Just because it ain't on Facebook doesn't mean that it's not happening. Right. And we appreciate and the people out there that's fighting a good fight. Um we really do. What I want to do Let me let me say this. I wanna man. let me let you say this and then I wanna uh I wanna I wanna switch gears a little bit and I want to because we're just about out of time, but I want to uh lighten the mood a little bit and have just a little bit of hip hop talk. 
So say what you want to say, and then uh, we go. Well, on actually, there's a lot more that needs to be said. Yeah, but we can't put it all in this show, man. man we'll be, this, we'll be, this be, show will be a six-hour show. This will have to be like a series because it's like, I mean, honestly. We're going to definitely have you on again to talk more, yeah, and more man, about I, like it, Like I man, said, I would, I would love to do it, man, because, like, you know, it's, you know, it's so much going on, and it's so much information that I want people to know. That you can't really just you can't do it. it you can't do it in two hours, man. right? So, so just to lighten the mood a little bit, um, and to end the show, uh, on a somewhat happy note, uh, if you've been listening to the show, you know that I am a hip hop liberal and my brother is a hip hop conservative. Uh, where do you stand on that question, and uh, where do you stand on that spectrum, and how do you feel about Young Thug? Put it like this: How you feel about Young Thug? I feel about Future. Right. You know, like now, I'm more on the lines with your brother. I guess like because like I'm kind of like a lot of this new stuff. I just can't. I feel like I'm 50 years old, and I'm trying to, like, man, what are these dudes doing? What are they talking about? How they dressing? Like, I think y'all brought his name. Well, some of these dudes I I listen to is only because y'all that might have mentioned them. Like Lil Yachty. Oh my gosh. He had a song with so i don't know if it was his song it's called broccoli right uh with a with a with a, with a uh, drum and little dicky yeah and it was like you know for little yachty i'm like you know what that's a pretty little dope song right you know it, it kind of had like this little cartoon melody to it but i'm more of the lines of which your brother as far as more being like a tradition because i'm i'm more about lyrics right and like about right i think right now what hip-hop really needs is social commentary you know we can always talk about your watch your car you know this that and other but we really need hip-hop you know we really need that social commentary we're really missing it like i really think this is i remember i was uh when i had apple music and uh they had like a little playlist called state of emergency Uh and it was like for you know like you had people from like public enemy uh Talib Kweli, if I'm saying his name yeah, right, Talib Kweli. Uh, he had a song on it. I can't remember where he was kind of talking about. It was, I think that album with that song was on it was maybe 2006. Right, but it still can be applied to today. It was a song on there where he was talking about what's going on right now. Right, right. And he was talking about how his son is five years old, and his son sees when he sees police officers get excited, and he was saying like how you know he want to tell his son. They're going to perceive you as a threat and all that. And, you know, it really kind of, like, got to me. Like, man, you know, people are actually really – and people need to have these conversations with their children. Right. Because, you know, I'm like, man, because I'm going to have it with my son. I'm not going to sit here and – I think you sell your I got two little girls. You sell your children short when you kind of give them this. When he's old enough to understand – I'm going to have that talk with them, but I think you kind of sell your children short when you don't talk to them right. about. These I've got things. I've got two little girls, man, and um, I gotta have that conversation with them. Right, and you know, and man, just looking at the, my news feed, it's heartbreaking, man. Like, I mean, it really is. But getting back to what you know, like I'm more on the lines of your brother. Like, I'm kind of like I want lyrics. Right, you like you bars. know, I want, I want bars too. I don't want that to be the misconception. See, I see want bars too. Yeah, don't you get me wrong. I like bars, but I'm a little bit more open to other styles. It of took hip-hop. me a minute to like just to even give future a listen because I felt like, man, how many times can you rap about selling dope and auto tune? 
See, I just, I just feel like this. It's all good to have escapism, and it's all good to make party songs, right. and pop songs, and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, even before um, Mr. Sterling and Castile and the Dallas situation, people is out here dying. Right. So it's it's great to have escapism. You need escapism to take you away from the pain. But at the end of the day, like a Tupac, like a Lupe Fiasco, you need to use your music as a tool to change the culture and push black people to the next level. Because there's people out here dying and you sitting up like I sent you in that text. It's people up here dying and you sitting up rapping about Molly Molly and and activists. And and that's why I I, I was saying about, you know, again, what we really need that we need to bring back that social commentary into the music. And that's what I wanted to ask you, too. Um, My brother and I rap, as you know, and as an MC. From a cop's perspective, what would you like to hear more in hip hop music? Because obviously, the anti fuck the cop right, sentiment that is portrayed in hip hop is something that you may not well, like. But what me, would you me, like to me hear? Me personally, you know, and this is me, you know, again, I grew up on hip hop and I've never really said I heard a song where they were for the cops. So I understand. So that's just the way it is. You accept. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna keep it real, dude. If somebody was to make a song for the police, they career will be over. It's gonna. It's gonna be whack. I'm sorry. And I was especially right now. (laughs) Especially right now. It's like you can't make a song for the police that's hot. I don't even know how you do that. Well, speaking of the police, man, real quick, and I want to spend a lot more time on it, but you know the situation in Dallas where Micah Johnson. What he shot eleven people. Right. He shot eleven police officers. He killed is five. That, is that the correct person? Because they found somebody who was not the who was not the shooter. Michael Johnson. Okay. A reserve army vet. Okay. He shot eleven police officers in Dallas at this um, protest against what happened to Mr. Sterling. Right. Right. And, and to Mr. Castile. Castile. And at this protest, he shot eleven police officers and killed five. Um. That that really broke my heart. That really broke my heart. That was a bad situation. And um, you being a police officer, there were five police officers that were killed. And I want to run those names off real quick because I think it's really important. We always talk about the citizens that get killed, but I think it's real important to talk about in this situation the police officers because these were good cops that got killed. Um, Lorne, Lorne Aherns was 48 years old. Michael Kroll was 40 years old michael smith was 55 years old brent thompson who had only been married for two weeks was 43 wow. years old and patrick zama reaper was 32 years old those are the five police officers right. that were killed in that dallas situation by michael johnson how do you feel as a police officer that your brothers basically were taken down right. and good slain question. and assassinated good question. good question like first and foremost um you know, like all police departments, Dallas Police Department has really gone through a lot in the past year. They had a similar situation last year where, like, a dude had, like, a guess he, like, made some kind of, like, homemade armor and put it on his van. Yeah. And went through went through the precinct and started, like, police, citizens. Yeah, anybody. I heard about that. Heard and, about you know, and they had to deal with that. Then they're also dealing with, like, you know, they got this mass exodus of police leaving Dallas police. Like, you got Dallas Police Department trying to recruit here. For real. Like, they're going. Yeah, I've heard that on the radio. I've yeah, heard those like uh, they have, They're on the having, radio. like, you know, they're doing all these kind of incentives just to try to get people. Like, if you bilingual, 
extra 15%, except if you work this shift. So they're going through a lot. I say this, though, man, you know, whenever, whether it's police or, or citizen, a loss of life is, you know, is because I'm a father. It's tragic. You it's know, tragic. It doesn't you matter know, if you're a cop or, right. or a normal with, citizen. With that, I tell people, you know, that's why I tell people the job isn't quite like any other job. Like, we all can go to work and get mowed down by a gun. But being in that line of fire, though, we're closer to it. And that why, and then I noticed that, you know, to, you know, like, the protesters were like, man, you know, like, them cops could have took off running and left them protesters there. But they didn't. They was like, man, they were jumping on the protesters trying to shield them. So seeing and hearing that is, 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 is beautiful, but yet sad. But at the same time, you know, it just reminds me to just, you know what, stay vigilant, but everybody's not your enemy. Because I ain't going to lie, like, yesterday, you know, I was a little kind of, because yesterday, not only in, after what happened in Dallas, an officer was shot in Missouri responding to a call. Yeah. As soon as he got the call, ta, 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 ta. Georgia, the same thing. I think in Tennessee. So it's like, man. You know, because the bad guys have an advantage. All they got to do is call and wait. You know, right. and, you know, you sit in the bushes. Good point. You just, you, and that's it. Mm. And so when I see stuff like that, man, it's always a daily reminder of, you know, and I hear that, never tarnish the badge. Never do anything I'm to glad like. you said that. Right, to, right. to like, I've known people personally that, you know, I knew a, a guy whose life was a, uh, was taken like that and never tarnished their memory because you know you i mean that's why i say man it's i take what i do very seriously right and i think that right there um we would spend a lot of time on this conversation fellas we could go on obviously for days about this i mean i mean this could be a 14 hour podcast right but um at some point you know we got to break it down and we got to you know bring it to a halt um I want to leave on what you said, never tarnishing the badge. Um, there are police officers who are tarnishing the badge with their actions. Absolutely. And there are police officers who, um, like the ones in Dallas, who. Um, good cops. Good cops not who died. Cops who died in the line of duty and. Uh, we do not want how would you feel about police officers those five police officers did not deserve to die um the country is is very tense right now there's a lot of things going on uh racially but uh we do not want to tarnish the names of those five police officers we do not want to tarnish their badges by speaking down to them because they were they were in dallas Let's just use common sense. They were in Dallas. These two incidents incidences happened in Minnesota and uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The Dallas police officers had nothing to do with it. The police officers in your city had nothing to do with what's going on right own. now. So let's let's uh, let's be respectful of the law. And that's and that's all I'm really and that's all I really want people. Whether you and this is the thing. I, for for I leave, I really want to get this across. You know. It's okay to disagree with how police do things. Right. You know, like I said, I don't want anybody being just this robot. Right. It's okay to do that. That doesn't necessarily mean you're anti-police. Because some, I had to talk with a dude, I'm like, just because people are against police brutality, they never said they're anti-police. Yeah. 
you know, so, you know, there's, I mean, so my thing of it is I'm seeing some stuff and I'm, you know, like I said, I'm really disappointed people. I'm seeing people celebrate. Like I've seen on some of these, even on some of these other sites when, you know, like when you have like people like uh, Mr. Garner and uh, the other guys, they're like celebrating their deal. You celebrate somebody dying tragically at the hand, you know, something like that. Then I kind of really yeah. wonder about your soul, and you know, and right. I be like, I pray for you. So all I'm saying to people, man, you, it's okay to disagree. I'm like I said, I'm not that that officer that gets in his feelings, right? But when you, I've had people that have literally wished death on me, and that's when I'm kind of like, you know, I gotta take a step back. So my thing of it is, is that man, you know, just like I think about those gentlemen, whether they were bad people or not, in Baton Rouge, in Minnesota. I think about them every day because they could have been my brother, right. my cousin, or something right. like that. And so, you know, my hearts, you know, are, are with their families. But let's just be respectful. Exactly, that's, and, and that's, that's the name of the game. That's, that's what it's all about. That's um, I mean, just, just just be respectful and just be another thing. I'm seeing people are losing jobs behind what they're saying. So you don't want to miss no money because. You trying to get likes. We actually have a call, people. This is the Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show. Who is on the line? Uh, yo, this is Fred, man. I, I was, uh, I'm, I'm not hearing you guys very well. Uh, can you hear me now? Okay, that's a little good call. Yeah, okay. What's going on, man? Uh, hey, what's going on? Fred, what's going on? Um, I was going to try to follow through and actually be on the show with y'all today, but I didn't have an opportunity. Um. But I was going to say, the one thing you guys need to make sure you cover, because I haven't heard the entire show or anything like that, is make sure you uh, cover the civic part of this that needs to be taken care of. When you look at what happened in um, New Orleans, look at the history of New Orleans from 1940. Exactly. The fact that it's a parish that uh, the black people down there, they're 65% of the population, but they don't have an actual, their mayor is only a mayor slash president type function. They don't have any real say so in their own governance. So basically, their police department doesn't even reflect their entire population on by under any capacity. Because Ferguson all over again, mm-hmm. right? And then so the surrounding parishes they go get police from these surrounding parishes. So it'd be a, 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 for example in Alabama, it would be an example if you were to go get a guy from Coleman and put him in Fairfield. Right. So he could have leanings that's like totally against black people, but he's supposed to police black people. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's and then on the, the civic, community. And then on the civic side of things, you also need to pay attention to the fact that just uh, because this is how it is have to be fixed, you got to deal with citizens review boards, which are, are desperately needed on all points. Police need to live within the jurisdiction or near the jurisdiction, very close. I mean, with, you know, within so, so many miles of where they actually got a police. We really should have went back to the beat cop system a long time ago. I'm glad he brought that up because, uh, real quick, I don't want to cut you off. I'm really glad that, you, man, you break, you're making some uh, strong points. Uh, I think we really do need to get back to the beat cop because, like I said, you know, I love getting out there talking to my people. Because, you know, like they, man, they they give me so much information that, you know, I, I, love, I love where I'm at. It can be frustrating at times, but I really love talking to my older people because they give me that sense of history. And they also humble me. Like, because I don't, again, I don't let this job get to me, like let my head get so big to where can't nothing happen to me. So, like, I'm really glad that you brought up the beat cop because that is being more of a, copy, a topic of conversation now with a lot of these administrations that 
hey, we really need not only had a beat called, but we need to have a, a officer on that beat that you know he stays on that beat, so to speak, because you know sometimes you know due to some reason whether promotion or whatever you know beat cops change and people you know be like hey what happened to so and so I really liked him yeah. and, and people don't feel and people may not feel comfortable talking to me and say they like talking to him and that's why I be trying to tell people hey you it know it builds familiarity right. with that particular officer and you know and, and I be trying to tell them like man look you know hey I look at this thing as a new relationship yeah of course I have to earn your trust but I'm willing to do that so that's a I mean and, you know everything man you saying is man wonderful I ain't mean to cut you off but man I'm just I'm, I mean I'm actually glad somebody actually called because I was curious to see you know Will people like it? I mean, will people? I mean, people hate it. So I'm glad you called, man. I really appreciate your call, by the way. Oh yeah, no problem. And and, and like, so also, I was gonna say they also one thing I know about policing is the fact that they need to probably end the quota system as well, as far as like the ticketing yeah. quota system, where they turn police the police officers into into cost centers rather than properly funding the police department. And setting the cops up so that they're constantly out there, pretty Trying much having to, to do sales, that type of thing, like, trying to them. almost make sales to earn, you know, to keep their living. You know what I'm saying? Right, really. Like, uh, like just like firefighters, just like EMT, you're gonna want police around, but you can't sit up there and say that to have this job, you gotta write these tickets. And I'm glad he you, said that to have this job you got, and, and broken window. And let me finish, like, and then broken window policing, like, it, you know, the situation that happens in a lot of areas, you gotta, you know certain areas i know in chicago they got what they call red zones if you are in a red zone a cop can stop at any time and put everybody on the wall if you outside wow, really? you could be outside just doing yard work you could be outside whatever but if they suspect you outside doing anything they they have they're justified to come up and get you and a lot of kids get thrown in the system they gotta get, they repeatedly gotta you have yeah. to, i don't care just because you live in this zone that doesn't mean you they got to get rid of it. That's why I say, man, you know, we seriously, though, I didn't, I didn't know that. You know, I kind of knew people kind of, you know, people operated differently based on the crime in their area, but you have to get rid of it because it's a thing called probable cause. You need that. That's why I tell people, man, also, if you don't know who Mr. Probable Cause is, call him, look him up, have a talk with him hmm. because that's what everything, everything we do is based on it. And if you, like, man, that's, wow, that's, that's, to me, man, that's bogus. If you, if that's what's, I don't know how true that is, but if that is the case, just because you oh it is, I mean I, I live on it. That's bare, yeah. That's, that's man, that, yeah. that, that's piss poor. That's piss poor. Might as well be a police state, exactly. Martial law, exactly. Because while I was in college, while I was in college, they tried to pass a law in Chicago where they were trying to make it illegal to be outside past a certain time. Like you can't just stand around outside the way because because of. Uh, these quote-unquote red zones and and like i said a lot of it is leading to the institutionalization of like a lot of young men that are just you know just around and about you get picked up on you could be picked up on a suite and uh and and something else people aren't looking at is the fact that things have got to change like we already see what nixon tried to do with the the, with that drug war we already saw it it's not working for the police it ain't working for us and it never was there to work for us for real so the honest to God truth is, like with the drug war, like it's, it's making a war. You're making a turf war on American soil. And you didn't, and you didn't win than, nothing. Yep. We're, 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 and, we're, and nobody's winning. It's like a back and forth thing. You pretty much go institutionalize one person, 
and, and pretty much make a better criminal. Plus, you're going to put the cop's life in danger, and it could be over in, over anything. So it's a, it's a back-and-forth tug-and-war with nobody wins. Real, real so quick, at, on a drug war thing, and I've noticed this, I noticed how... And how heroin exactly. is, and how heroin is, exactly. heroin is treated more like a health epidemic than an actual exactly. war. And I and I had they, you know I talked to a I dude about that, and he was like, "Nah, man." I said they treat heroin as just like it's AIDS. Wow. I said crack wasn't treated that way. You know what I'm saying? I said it's, they still have the same effect on the community, but why is one? Why was one treated different? You see what I'm saying, and I and the reason, and I say is because you know maybe some of the the judges' kids are getting hooked on. Mm. So it's kind of like oh. you know, and I see, and I oh, see, yeah. and I mean, because I remember like when when people was doing crack, we gonna give the the buyer the max time, and with heroin, oh, yeah, uh, users we, was getting like twenty years yeah, off the and, rip, and, and like and heroin is like, hey, we're gonna provide them a safe place so they can shoot up. Are you kidding me? Wow, like methadone clinic in some cities, and, and needle needle exchange. Right in some cities, they actually have yeah. what they call safe haven. It reminds me of the episode of The Wire where they had Amsterdam, and basically that captain was like, "You know what? I'm gonna make this zone. Y'all can do whatever you want to do. Wow. I'm not gonna arrest right. and prosecute." Right, and that's why I feel like they're doing with heroin, and I don't think that it's right. Why was crack not treated? That same way, you know. Don't get me wrong. I understand in the '80s the crack it was some serious. Well, you know, in the '80s you was dealing with Negroes. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, go back to what Nixon said. What like the Nixon aide has already said that the war on drugs was pretty much manufactured so that they could they could break up what was going to happen, what they saw as the problem with the black unity movement and all of those stuff that was going on, and they could harass white hippies and everybody else. They could just if they. It was like a RICO charge. Like right. the only way to bust a mob was to catch them on something like tax evasion or something like that. It was something to, to get a hook in there so they could have a reason to come in and, and say you got some contraband that you ain't supposed to have. So I'm fixing the bus from having some some contraband. And then when you look at the the Willie Horton ads and the tough on crime '80s, when you look at the fact that in the '80s what they were doing was if you had crack, they made crack. Like twenty times more prosecutable, or I forgot what the fifths are versus powder cocaine. Now, who's more likely to have crack, and who's more likely to have powder cocaine? Uh, we all know I mean, that we don't the even white people. We, right all, we all know that you know cocaine was you know with the it was with the rich drug. white boys, but it was a, a designer, designer drug, drug, drug. Back in the day. Yeah, exactly. And the same, same thing with heroin. Heroin. Same way um, now, really. Heroin. Um, I, black people smoke heroin. If you really want to break down, black people will smoke heroin before they'll actually shoot heroin. Yeah, they snort it. At a, or they uh, snort it, but or they'll mix it. Black people don't just straight shoot heroin. Yeah, they'll like mix that. it with crack. Uh, like, mix cocaine and heroin. Like, call it a what? Speedball? Eight yeah, ball or something yeah, like yeah. That? You know what I'm saying? So, right. like, it was a thing going around that they were trying to prosecute, like, say, if a buyer ODs, uh-huh. they were trying to prosecute the dealer. the dealer for murder. And I was just like, good luck with that. Because, I mean, you know, like, because. I, I, my thing again, you know, something needs to be said because man, this could be my son. Right. That could be, you know, be fair. I pray to God and I will teach him the right ways, but I, you know, this could be my son that could be be faced with this. So, you know, my thing of it is is that, you know, like I said, you know, heroin is being treated like uh a health like it, like it's a health crisis. The way I feel about oh, yeah. it is Uncle Sam is throwing niggas under the prison because the drugs they're selling they can't get paid from it. If right. drugs was something that Uncle Sam could pull taxes from, 
then he wouldn't be lynching motherfuckers the way well, he's doing. Let me doing. break it down to you like well, well, I'm, everybody... well, I'm, 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 Hold on. Let, let me go and say something about that, too. Honestly, he don't even want to get paid from it. Actually, it's about destabilization. It's about destabilization. It's about pretty much, like, you can't organize if you're in disarray. Think about what's happened to Fairfield. Think about these places over here where you've taken people, upperly mobile black people, have been scattered away from their own community. These are the people that would be the backbones of those communities. These are the people that would that would have the jobs, that would challenge City Hall, and the, the, the rank and file would join along with them, that would hold the school system up. They wouldn't take that crap laying down because they hey, would be professional. Hey, Fred, that's and, real. And, that's real, and, Fred. Disenfranchisement is the plan. I totally agree yeah. with you. But it's about yep. that bottom line. It's about let me that tell you money, too. You, both of y'all are right. And let me tell you how both of y'all are right. It is about money and it is about disenfranchisement because disenfranchisement brings about corporate dollars. But here's how it happens. Is everybody yeah. in here uh, uh, familiar with the 14th yeah. Amendment? Yeah, exactly. The 14th yeah. Amendment basically says, you know, you're a free citizen in the United States until you go to prison and you lose all your freedoms. Right. So, okay, now the government... Or Uncle Sam can actually use that to their advantage because what's happening is you use disenfranchisement. You use disenfranchised um, African Americans who automatically, once you take jobs out of the community, the next step is crime because you got to eat. Now you take these people out of the, you take the jobs out of the community, and now these people are in the neighborhoods trying to feed families and trying to live, and they're doing crime. So where do people go? They go to the jails. Why do you think we have a private jail system? Because pr- the private jail system is the new form of slavery, and it's basically legal. Big, it's because you're doing it, and yeah. it's profit driven, and they're it allowing you, and they're allowing it through the Fourteenth Amendment. They're allowing you to do it yourself. That, and let me let me let me speak on the disenfranchisement real quick because I, I I encounter that a lot. A lot of people just feel like you know America doesn't give a damn about them, and they're forgotten. And my thing of it is. As a country, we must deal with that because that's where you're getting a lot of your, your people that are joining ISIS, you know, and some Hell, of these, Crips, Bloods. Yeah, you know, they're joining all these other things because people want to feel like they belong to something. And, right. if, you know, if you're not, you know, giving the people the tools to provide for their family or themselves, you know, they're going to, you know, they're going to fall for the alternative. Like you just can't like prime example, you go to prison, you done your time. You can't tell the folk will get a job. I go. I go get a go. Go get hired on. I'm not gonna hire you because you went to prison. Guess what they're gonna do? Go back to the streets. They finna go back. Well, hey, I'm finna. Hey, I'm finna go. Where I, I know where I can get it. At. So I mean, my thing of it is, you have to get. In a lot of ways, I think I'm glad they're kind of like starting to get rid of that. Get rid of the box. Right. You know, because I think now it's still up to the individual employer if they want to dig deeper into your criminal history, but. I think it's kind. Of, I mean, it gives people at least that confidence that hey, you know, at least I can get my, at least I can get an interview, right? You know right. what I'm saying. So in a lot of ways, you can't. Like I said, you did your time, man. Most of the people I met have gone to prison, man. Them dudes are, man. They they some of the, the greatest people ever because they learn from their mistakes, right? You know, and everybody and they and they be damned if they gonna go back. So my thing of it is, you st- you know, you can't tell them well, you got to get a job, but when I get out. Nobody hire me because I have a criminal record. Yeah, they're treated like once a criminal, always a criminal. Right. So, I mean, and that's where, you know, and that's why I think you have a lot of repeat offenders. Because it's like, if I knew, if I went to prison for selling drugs and ain't nobody going to hire me, 
Guess what I'm gonna do? I know how to. I mean, I can make more money on the streets than I can, you know, so in the damn thing, Right. So, I mean, you know, that's why. Well, I, go, go ahead, man. I'm, and, I'm sorry. Well, and then, and then like I said, and it, even uh, double back around on all of that, you get the first right that, that is hardest to get back. But now that they're removing the box, they ain't addressing this. It's the right to vote. A lot right. of black people do not stay engaged past the vote. They don't vote, and then they don't stay engaged past the vote. So that's what disenfranchisement do. It makes you give up any tool that you may have in your arsenal. When you start giving up tools in your arsenal to better yourself, I mean any tools, you're left with nothing but the lowest of the low. Because America's built on a caste system. And the way it's set is opportunity hoarding. The, the primary reason why all of that's set into place is because you've got to have a bottom floor. And a long time ago, when they told the Irish and they told the Italian and they told everybody, we're going to invent this thing called white. And so we're going to stop messing with you. We're going to let you have this low-level opportunity as long as we can keep the boot on the neck of this group. And that's basically where we've been the entire time. And we've dealt with it in various areas, in various ways. Like when, you, when it was more prevalent, we built. sometimes we built our own things. That's how you get HBCUs. That's how you get this. That's how you get that. But then when you have integration, then like I said, that's when the when the separation starts to happen. Let me ask you this real when, quick. And I, know, I ask a lot of people this. Do you think segregation was a good thing? Because I've heard people say when, when we were segregated, we had more black people had more no. of their own stuff. Now my grandmother would yeah, argue. My grandmother used to say that. My our grandma what? used to say yeah. that segregation was a good thing what? because the what? the black dollar Stayed well, inside of the something? black community. Go ahead, man. But, no, see, there's a problem with that. A, a self-imposed segregation, like what the Asians and people like that do, where they develop their own societies, on they, they black side of town or they Asian side of town, and they, they, they got their cultures and they got their way of life, that's, that's a good thing. Okay. When the state does it and you're putting tax dollars into something, you're just getting robbed. You may think you got a better way of life because they ain't hit you with crack yet. See what I'm saying? And they ain't right. hit you with these other social ills yet. See, that's the thing. They hadn't hit them with crack yet. They, they were hitting them with everything else, but they weren't hit with crack. So they had their own world that they could actually live in somewhat. But they still would run down there and burn it down when they felt like it. Or they would right. run down there and terrorize people when they felt like it. And you were still paying tax dollars. I promise you, no black man escaped taxes. And that's the problem. If, if you will ask me to pay for these roads, and you will ask me to pay for, these, for, for your white kids to go to school, and you ask me to pay for all this other crap, and then you say, but you need to go build your own over there. No. No. That ain't work, dog. That don't work at all. See, you're going to have to make a decision of what you want to do because you can't take my money and then say, okay, you can't have nothing. You gotta, now you, I'm going to take your money, and I want you to build your own. So now if we say... Look, we're going to pay into the roads and stuff, but we're going to go over here. We're going to repopulate. We're going to do Fairfield. We're going to do whatever. We're going to build it up. We're going to do this, that, and the third, yada, yada, yada. Leave us alone. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. But that's something we have to self-determine ourselves, and we have to put our boots on these, uh, these phony black public officials that get up there. Thank you. Uh, that that, that you, sell I'm us out. Uh, the the, the, the um, we, have to, we have to actually get civic-minded, because like I said, you, you can march till you pass out. But until you actually go ahead, it's a law. You got a law is an arbitrary thing. You can look at the French Revolutionary beside; he'll tell you that a law is an arbitrary thing. And, and, and in the hand of an oppressor, a law can be like it, it's who got the hammer. They'll drop the hammer on you. That's what a law is. 
So basically, if you say that, hey, it's against the law to eat pound cake after 6 o'clock, you know what I'm saying? You can go in and run in everybody's house and see if they got some pound cake. Yeah. I mean, that's that's, yeah. that's the way it is. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the bottom line is we've got to start looking at this thing smart. Like, I mean, we can, I mean, you, you, you march to get attention. But then after that, you got to get engaged. Cause like what I said, when I started this call, what I said about uh, like Ferguson and the parishes that's been going on in uh, Louisiana, that's a, that's a black capital. And you find all these black capitals where people ain't got no power. They won't even let black people vote in D D.C. ain't a state because of that. They block D.C. Uh, from being a state because they don't want to give those people voices. D.C. puts more money in the daggone federal government than, than several southern states combined. Period. Yes, they put, but they have no representation for real. They don't got no voice. They can send delegates. They can send representation. You got to look at how all they break all this stuff out. They do this type of stuff to maintain power. And that's really what all of this is about, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, like if, if, when, you, when, when, you, when you sit down and look at everything, like it's like the first thing, a black person that disenfranchised going to holler out, man, I ain't going to vote. I ain't going to do nothing. That ain't going to do nothing. And then people get like what I call a pseudo-revolutionary mind state. But at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, a person that's struggling against something, you don't take a weapon out your quiver. I'm not gonna take. I'm not taking nothing away. I'm not. I'm no. I'm hitting with everything I got. And if that's one of the things I'm gonna have to hit them with, I'm gonna have to hit them with that. On that note, bro, we're gonna have to let you go, man. We've been at this about. Yeah. We've been at this almost another hour, man. And we're gonna definitely have All to right. break up out of here. We're gonna get you in the studio, All my right. big dog. Uh, that was Freddie Freeze right. on the line uh, from BadMagics. Right, I really appreciate you BadMagics dot com. Right. Uh, yeah. So we'll definitely get you in here to talk more about All that, right. man. Um, we're All gonna right. holler at you. Peace. What All I right, want to do, yeah. all right, Fred, take it easy. What I want to do is thank you for being a good police officer. No, I want to thank you thank for becoming for me to be here, man, because, a police officer because we I need mean, people like you. Like, you know, because like I said, though, you know, I don't take this opportunity for granted. You know, yeah. it could have came and been an ambush. Y'all yeah. were both open-minded. And, you know, and I learned, y'all blessed me, man, because I learned, you know, I got another perspective. Right. So, you know, my thing of it is, like I said, man, it's all about listening. And, you know, taking what you're hearing and putting in your tool belt to be better at right. what you do. Because, like I said, I don't – man, I, I tell people in a minute, man, I don't know everything. Just And people – some people get this thing where, you know, you police, supposed to know everything. I was dead. I I'm like, you know, it's funny. I, um, you know, confession. Um, we used to ride around with no licenses back in the day. Right. And I had one homeboy who would drive really slow and he would look around looking for the police. And I'd be like, bro, the damn police ain't superheroes. They can't see through the damn car and look at your wallet and see you ain't got no license. Right. Drive like you got some damn common sense and get me to the house. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? On that note, man, we got to go ahead and get up out of here, man. This is the Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show. I am Lawrence G. I am Joey Burnham. This is Officer Grownups. Man, Officer we grown appreciate up. Officer Grownup. We do appreciate you for coming in. We appreciate the homeboy Freddie Freeze for uh calling us on the bat phone and, and giving his uh more than two cents. Um this is and a conversation. Everybody be sure to send your prayers up for the victims in Dallas. Send your prayers up for the family, send your prayers up for Philando Castile. Um Send your Alton, prayers up Sterling for and his Alton family. Sterling and his family. And 
And for the police officers that's on the streets, man, yeah. at that have to, you got to realize that the police officers have to work in this climate. So send your prayers up to all the police officers that's working in this climate. Um, be respectful yeah. to the police pray, officers. Pray for the Sterling and, family. And, and pray Steel for America family. right now as a whole, man. And on that Families note, man, in Dallas. and on that note, as we always say about this time, grown-ups, don't go out there and do nothing stupid. Because grown-ass men do grown-man shit. And we out. Peace. This is a 4th Coast Media production. The Grown-Ass Man Hip Hop Show is brought to you by 4th Coast Media, produced by Lawrence Tremell, and recorded at 4th Coast Studios. 4th Coast? What?